This is Jane Hardwick-Collins, founder of the School of Shamanic Womancraft. Connecting to our inner dimensions. Inner reviews of transformation. When and how my life changed. Rewilding women with their stories of growth and transformation. Reclaiming feminine knowledge and power. Thank you for joining us. This is important and deep, serious work. So welcome to the podcast series. I am Ayla Myra, your podcast host and story guide. Warmest, warmest welcome to the podcast, episode eight. What a beautiful, wondrous number and what a wondrous woman I'm just about to send you to into her story, Tamar. She is, and I'm very excited to say, our first international uh, person that has journeyed through the school, Four Seasons Journey, and she did this in the UK. So... I'm calling in more and more women as the podcast matures and grows that are overseas that would love to share their um, interpretation of how this amazing school can hold the safety in the container worldwide. And just before we head in there, a little call out to Blue Mountains, Australia, near Sydney, Uh, Kaliak, who podcast with us on episode two Uh, check it out is doing a call out January the 10th uh, is when registration deadline is the deadline of registration is the 10th of January for the Blue Mountains 2019 four seasons journey go to the school of shamanicwomancraft.com or social media facebook instagram for the event information. Okay, welcome to Ma. Thank you so much for your presence. It's morning in France where you are and uh, you have journeyed in the School of Shamanic Womancraft in the UK in 2017. So really excited to have my first international person speak about the school and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here <laughs> to share mm. this. Yeah. And I guess the thing that I'm always itching to ask at the start is how did you discover your yourself to come into this journey last year? Uh, yeah, last year, 2017. How? What was mm. the pull? What was the connection? Uh, well, when I moved to France... Um, uh, I got married and a, a couple of years later, so it was probably the year before I found out about Jane, I started trying to get pregnant and we had no luck in that. But uh, at the same time, 
I was, I started a new job in school here in France and I started having problems with chemicals, which put me into a huge depression, um, trying to get pregnant and going through this chemical, like this allergy to these chemicals. And I, I've worked in the healing arts for um, many years doing body work and I kind of had a feeling that I needed to come back to myself. And um, I started searching for ways that I could do that and ways that I could um, heal myself instead of turning to medicine. And I just happened to run into a woman who was leading retreats with Jane in Peru. And she kept talking about Jane and how amazing she was. And uh, I said, okay, well, who is this Jane? And I researched her and it was exactly what I was looking for. Um, it's like I had just been called to, to her. And it was working with, um, you know, the menstruation and the cycles of life and um, the shamanic depths of womanhood. And I said, yes. That's exactly what I want. And that, mm. was, that was how I found her. Um, and that's kind of what led me to her was that I, I was searching for a way to, to heal myself. Yeah, and in reference to your body work, uh, I could see lots of alignment there with probably the training in body work and um, connecting with cyclic nature and menstrual flow and the healing. Did, did you find a lot of similarities with the body work when you embarked on your journey? Um, when I embarked on my journey with Jane? At the, yeah. At the, yeah. Um, it was a different, it was a different type of body work. Yes. But as far as the inner work, um, yeah, I could say in a way that it, it was it was similar. And it definitely completed the work that I had set out to do because uh, I started body work when I was 18. Oh, really? So, yeah, wow. it was <laughs> it was what I jumped into out of out of uh, school. Yeah. And um, it was kind of just... brought me back to my path. Mm, was it when you were 18? Was that just purely by association or someone was like, hey, this or how did that, how did that happen for you at that age? Uh, I, I, yeah, well, I think I was dealing with a lot of um, anxiety and, and I was holding a lot of energy in my body as we do. And um, when I was, I believe, 16, the doctor recommended that I started having massage and going to a body worker. And um, so my mom started taking me. She had never been. Uh, but she she took me, and I was getting regular body work done, and it was just it was just I I love the energy of it, I love the feeling of the place when I went in, um, how soothing and and relaxing the body work was, and so out of school I said I, you know I don't know what I want to do with my life at eighteen, um, but this is something that I know that I'm I'm attracted to. And then I like how I feel when I'm there. So I'll go for that. Mm. And so that was, <laughs> that was my choice. <laughs> yeah. It's such a beautiful lead into our paths, isn't it? Like so uncommon for a doctor, especially these days to even recommend anything like body oh, work yeah. or breath work <laughs> or any sort of healing. And just to have, you know, one sentence led you into, into that. And oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And so being 18, let's go back to then because I just want to maybe head into um, like your men arc and did you, was there, was that a big moment or a big time in your life? Was it uh, something that also drew you into this work with the school? Um, I would say that I, it did, but not on a conscious level. Um, yeah, because I, I was eight years old when I began, when I, when I began my cycle. Mm. So I was so young that I didn't really understand the depth of, of how, um, it could affect me. But I think coming back to that now and how important that is, the, those, that right of passage for women. Um, and I, of course, I, you know, I was so young that I didn't have that. You know, my mom didn't have that. So I think honoring that is something that unconsciously I, I needed. And I, I felt like I needed to bring to the world, um, to other women. But not on a conscious level. I think the the feelings that I had stored in my body at that age was I needed that deeper connection. I'm, I, I need deeper connection and um, understanding of, of life. And at 18, that feeling of, well, I did it unconsciously going into body work, but that's obviously my path. Um, the feeling at that time was I needed to come back to center, probably. And I needed to come back to trusting my own body. And knowing that there was so many different avenues that we could take to heal ourselves. And body work was one of them. And coming back into um, alignment with Jane's work um, with the UK, the Shamani Womancraft. Um, I think that's exactly what I had been searching for. And I... I really feel that there's such a great need for women to to come back to this knowledge within themselves, that wisdom that we have within our bodies, the, the feminine wisdom that's been lost to us. Yeah, well said. And going back to that little eight-year-old girl, mm-hmm. um, was there when you did come into your menstruation uh, did you feel like you had to hide it for a while or was it just so shocking at eight that you just put it aside and dealt with it? Um, well, my mother had prepared me for it. She knew it was coming because my body had already been changing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, yeah, so she just let me know what was going to happen and that, it, you know, to be prepared for it. And But it was, it was more the feeling of um, once it did happen, Knowing that I was different, um, having different feelings, um, sexual feelings at such a young age because the hormones start to kick in and that's not quite normal for an eight-year-old. So having these sexual feelings, knowing that my body's changing, I started developing breasts. So the insecurity of allowing myself to be seen in front of people. 
Um, yeah, to, yeah. So you mean to be seen with a different uh, feeling or identity, or knowing that you've yeah. changed, yeah, body shape. And I was being noticed by by boys, you know. And I'd always liked boys, but when your body starts to change, you get really like I was. I became really insecure um, when the boys started looking at me more, and knowing why they were looking at me because my body had changed, and I had been in gymnastics and dance and and um, performing and by the age of 11 or 12 I was just so shy because my body was so different that I was a woman you know um, that I quit I didn't want to do cartwheels in front of anybody I didn't want to do shows in front of anybody I just I was really shy with my body that was probably about 11 Mm. and one of the things I really love to uh, talk about on this podcast is the sense of safety that mm. can come from a journey like um, with the school. And I am undoubtedly, this probably would have came back up for you, these, these feelings and going back to the eight-year-old and the 11-year-old. And did you did you navigate that and really feel into that safety when you – um, worked with the Menarch um, during your journey. How was that for you? Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of things that came up. <laughs> mm. um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> which was amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of them was I think it was more around um, feeling safe and my own pleasure, like taking pleasure in life and actually expressing pleasure was huge because um, I had become so shy at that age. And although like I've been an extrovert since then and and I went on to be, you know, captain of the cheerleading team and all of that, like there was still a a sense of um, being shy and expressing um, joy and um, hmm, how can I say that? Uh, yeah, who, who I, who I really was as far as like just unleashing, just allowing myself to be, um, and the body shame definitely was an issue that came up and, and it went all the way back to, hmm, yeah, it went back to there. I Mm. think the, the biggest thing that came up for me, honestly, was probably um, fight or flight. Mm-hmm. As, and, yeah. Yeah, and that stemmed from my birth. So I, th- I think the biggest issue that came up for me was probably around my birth. Okay. That was so, the, the biggest thing that I needed to heal. Yeah, yeah, so your drum making would have been rather interesting for you then when yes yeah you explored your birth yeah I explored my birth Mm. through that and had to had to really choose I was adopted Mm -hmm. um at birth and um was an emergency c-section premature and understanding how that affected my life was huge for me Undoubtedly, many women that um, work 
in this depth with their own birth and to make those connections on how it plays out in our lives and one of the beautiful things I found while journeying was being able to create and you know with the the drum and making of the drum and that ability to create while healing and revealing um, offers so much in itself already um, because you're kind of weaving together um, your story but it's changing and it's creating and you it's like you're creating something new that's coming from it and um, I always just find it so interesting with our birth stories and to be curious now and to see how that plays out in my life and when it comes up mm-hmm. in, in certain things. It's a lifelong journey. It's yeah. always something's going to come up that's related to my birth. or So, yeah, it's such a, um encompassing process to go through, the, 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 oh, yeah. the birth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, the drum at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and how did you go with your drum? Like what was what kind of came up for you in terms of making the drum that you learnt about that you could share with everyone? Yeah, so it was a, it was a choice um, because the drum had called to me immediately, the, the skin of the drum, and I knew that it was the one for me. And so when we started making the drum, come to find out there, there was a lot of um, parts of the skin that were really stretchy and it was really difficult to work with. It was really just every time that I would try to stretch it, it would stretch even more. And finally Jane was like, well, are you sure you want to keep the skin? You know, do you want to choose another one? And um, if you, if you want to, that's okay. And I kept trying and trying and trying to work with the skin. And it, at one point I was like, oh, you know, should I try, should I try another skin? But this came back to my birth story of giving something up of, um, and maybe what my, my mother had went through, or, um, it was the whole process of, do I want a different one? Um, am I going to give up on this skin? because it's not right, you know, because it's, it's, it's difficult to work with. Um, so I had to go off by myself and really just think I went off into nature and just kind of really thought about what, what was happening and how it was connected to my birth story. And, um, and I chose to stick with the skin that I chose, the skin that I, um, that called to me. And I chose to work with it and use it. And um, it was beautiful because in the end, when you're pulling the drum together in the back uh, for the handle, it gave me a heart. Without trying, the the shape of the handle became a heart. And it was like, uh, for me, like a blessing of like, thank you for for sticking with me. Uh, Just... To, to give it love and to um, stick with my choice. And the, in the end, when you're pulling the, the skin, you know, when you're pulling the drum together and the laces together in the back to make the handle, it gave me a heart. So the shape of my handle is a heart. Oh, I and love it. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it was like this, this showing me that I had made the right choice of sticking with... Um, this skin, you know, this, 
this um, this story and the love that was there. Mm. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely beautiful. And thank you for just sharing that. Because um, I know it's a very still can be quite a raw thing, or it's very changeable too. A lot of new stuff always comes up for me around that. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. And how how did you find? Uh, you know, another, another thing I do love to talk about is um, connecting with the other women, and you know, again going back to that feeling safe and that safe container. Um, how did your journey outplay with your women that sat with you and what was that like, um, you know, looking forward to going back? and? Mm. Yeah, I feel that um, there was definitely some deep connections and holding in the sisterhood, in the circle of the women that came together. And uh, it was quite interesting to see how, things come up and people embody things. And it wasn't just for me, it's, it's the way the circle works in order for you to heal um, and to be aware and heal different aspects of yourself. Because as you sit in sisterhood, we, we mirror each other and then we hold each other. And um, to witness when someone was going through some deep processing and how all the sisters would gather around together and just hold that space for her. It was quite beautiful to watch. It was, it was my first um, experience with sitting in circle. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so for me it was quite a blessing mm-hmm. to be able to see that and to see the, the space being held and um, all the sisters coming together to, to hold that, that safe place mm. for the processes that, we're going, that the others were going through. Mm, well, that's beautiful. And did you did you have any fear that came up like before the journey around that sort of thing? Like um, I know a lot of women and myself too actually had a lot of fear around women in general because of, you know, so many things um, mm-hmm. and a lot of fear about being vulnerable and sitting in circle um, did that any of that come up for you? <laughs> Actually, it was quite the opposite. I was so excited. <laughs> um, I, I, it's strange because I always thought myself more of a guy kind of girl. You know, like I had brothers and I had a lot of guy friends. Um, and the, when I moved to France and I lost my my what I would call sisterhood now. Um, my group of girlfriends and always having them next to me. I realized how often, you know, how my whole life I've had groups of women and um, how we would always come together and and have those, uh, the girl time and just process things together. And I didn't realize that, you know, uh, until I didn't have it anymore. Mm. And here I've had such a lack of community and sisterhood that it's really brought that to my attention, um, how much I treasured that before. And I was really missing that. So when I found out that I got to set in circle with women for like a whole week, I was so excited. 
um I had a little puppy (laughs) yeah like yes (laughs) finally (laughs) I get to be around women (laughs) (laughs) you know on the same path like and that's that's huge for me to be able to to be around other women who I can actually speak to in such depth Mm. about life and about um uh, our journeys um that yes I, I was I was so happy yeah <laughs> yeah it's really it's really um really? transforming when you can um look at women in especially women in their power and just being absolute um gracious awe and love and respect for them and where they're at and what they've come through when and especially mm-hmm. when you journey with them um, when you've come through so much and just realizing how it's not it's an it's an absolute necessity in our lives as women and it's crucial and it's important and it's serious and it needs to really be more um in ground into us and yeah I know that feeling of deeply craving um connection and circle with women um Mm -hmm. and I could imagine if we could just talk briefly we were talking before um, we started recording about what it's like for you living in France Um, how do you do you have any you know because there's probably other people that are having the same thing where they're completely isolated from connection Um, and I'm talking about physical connection too because that's really important Um, how do you navigate that um, do you have any like daily rituals or anything that you can do to really connect back through to yourself? And what's, what is it like to feel the, the pain of not connecting? Mm. The pain of not connecting is really difficult. Mm. Um, it's something that really plays on my heart. Uh, cause I'm, I, I need connection, you know, I need sisterhood and I need deep conversations and, and that's something I've really missed here. Um, I try to go back to the U.S. to see my friends at least once a year and to spend some time there, if not twice. And that really helps me to get back into, you know, that sister, all the, you know, to soak up all that connection that I need. Um, but a way that I come back, you know, kind of my own little ritual that I do at home on a daily basis I dance um, to just feel and embody um, spirit and what needs to be expressed through through me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also practice feminine embodiment yoga. That's something that I teach, and that helps me to just really stay centered and to to come back home to myself and to really release any of the the stress and anxiety that I'm, I'm feeling about, you know, about being here and being away from that, that connection that I need. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I, I try to do on a daily basis. Really. I try to do my yoga practice on a daily basis because it, it does help. And when I don't do it, I, I can start to feel the anxiety, um, after maybe about a week of just 
putting my head down and, and working and, and not taking that time for myself, um, that I, I come back to it. And, and just within a couple of days, I feel, I feel better. It's just recentering. It's mm-hmm. that staying connected with my own, my own being, um, and my own, uh, empowerment, you know, my sovereignty, my autonomy, um, yeah, remind it reminds me, keeps me centered, reminds me who I am. You are listening to the School of Shamanic Womancraft podcast series with Ayla Myra. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. I'm really curious about one of the things I remember talking to Jane about once is like what's it like you know being in different soil and different lands and so you're from the US and you did your journey in the UK and there's a lot of um, what we believably know about history um, revolved around especially women's mysteries in those lands, um, could you, did you channel anything or was there anything, you know, specific to those, to that land that you called in or that you can um, connect with, if that makes sense? Yeah, there, there is actually. Um, I have a lot of Celtic in my history, in my family history. Mm, yeah. um, so, Connecting with that energy, the the land itself was quite powerful for me. Um, I really felt held there with the land, um, and I for our um, vision quest. For our vision quest, we were on, in Wales, and that to me was was a quite powerful experience. Oh, um, yeah. So it's. Yeah. Where we were doing the, like our gatherings was just, just on the border of Wales. Actually, it wasn't that far from, from the border of Wales. So it was kind of the same land, um, as where we did our vision quest. And our vision quest in Wales was, was quite magical. Um, the land was beautiful, and you could just feel the energy of the land just vibrating, for myself anyway. Um, so yes, it was a deep connection for me of something from my ancestry, my ancestors being back in the UK. Mm. And actually, I think it was the first time I'd ever been in the UK when I went, when I traveled for the, for the gathering. Okay. Yeah. So this was a big, it was a big lot of news, I guess, new thing Mm. that you, um, embodied you did you yeah and yeah and what about like vision quest did you um just like dive into it ready and willing like that puppy um I I dive into things (laughs) yeah yeah um I was really excited about the vision quest too (laughs) um just the whole thought of it you know of, of of having those three days to really just connect in. And um, I was a little nervous about sleeping 
in the dark by myself. <laughs> but I knew it was part of the process and it was something that I really needed to overcome. Mm. Um, so it was that was a huge, you know, every little thing on this journey uh, is huge. And when you take like reverence and, and hold every little thing sacred and know that it's it's there for a reason and it's showing up for a reason, um, then every part of it becomes a lesson. And that starts, and, and Jane was quite, you know, she told us this in the beginning, like your journey starts before you ever, like two weeks before the vision quest, your vision quest is already starting. Yeah. And it was when we all gathered for searching for the land because we had to go out and, and choose our spot. And I had chosen the spot. I had a dream about it, actually. The dream came to me a week before we got there. And I dreamt of the, this land that I was supposed to find. And I found it. But I found it at the same time as another woman in the gathering. And we both wanted it. And so it was who was going to have it. And I ended up giving it, you know, to her. And it was really, really difficult for me to give that up when I knew that I'd had this dream, you know, that told me I was supposed to be there. And, and what was that? Was this me giving it up? Was that a part of my story? You know, as far as like, is that something that I typically do? Or, or was it something that I, I needed to do? And um, so I was really, really sad that I had to give up this piece of land that I decided to give it up. But I said, okay, spirit, you know, if you, if this is it, then show me where else I can go. You know, where is my, and I searched and I was probably the last one to find my piece of land. Um, but when I found it, Jane was with me and I knew that it was, it was mine because there was a feather that was hidden like in a bush. And I said, okay, that's my sign. Um, this is it. So I chose my piece of land, and of course I chose to do it in the hardest way. Um, I chose to put my tent on this incline because I liked where it was, kind of above the, above the water. Um, I could hear the waterfall. It was kind of a cocoon and this little piece of land. But when I put up my tent, my tent was on a slope. So I slept there <laughs> for two nights, like, rolling over <laughs> kind of like sliding down but insisting that this was you know so this is my story right insisting that this is where I was gonna I was gonna be um but on my third night I said okay I'm not gonna be here I'm gonna move it down to the bottom I've done my work here I've done what I needed to do I've I've um I've gotten out of this little spot when I need to get out of it so I moved down to the flatland <laughs> And allowed my journey to continue, but um, it was a wild journey, really. Um, I found the bones of a fox mm -hmm. who had been killed by hunting dogs, wow. and it was on it was on my land. So I worked with the fox, and I brought it into my circle, and honored the bones, and allowed you know I played my drum and allowed the fox to kind of sing through me its song before it it could rest, and. Um, and buried it on the hill inside of like a little tree, like a little womb part of the tree um, where it could watch over the sheep <laughs> that I knew it was probably chasing. Um, so yeah, it was quite beautiful to, to have the fox there with me, its spirit and 
and to just be able to honor its uh, its soul there on that land where it had been killed. Um, and the journey for me it, myself was a reclamation of of everything that I had given out, like forgiving all those people that had hurt me and asking for forgiveness. And um, I experienced the, uh, I think you would call it Heros Gamos, or it's a sacred marriage between my masculine and feminine um, on that vision quest. And the experience of that was quite amazing. Um, yeah, the whole thing was, was really, really beautiful. And was just a like a union of myself, like really a complete coming back to me. Um, there was still some healing that I had to do after that, of course. If there still is, and we're not—I don't think we're ever finished. But that that vision quest was huge for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked how you spoke. Um, you know those parts of where you shifted your tent and um it's kind of like this curious figuring out like you had the space you just created this space where you could um almost like tinker with yourself into mm -hmm. what feels right and just creating that space where you can be so observant and, and find some bones and have that space to actually tune in with that animal honor it and mm -hmm go through that whole process um it's it it like it's unbelievable that we have had that time to do these things in those in that vision quest like it's it's almost out of this world that we can have that space in especially in our modern busy you know um tech fueled world that we remove and come back to our roots, our rituals, our honouring, our, our listening, our being observant, our tuning in processes. Um, it's something else, isn't it, to be able to do that? And I can really see that from what you explained, that you just created that beautiful space to be observant and to, um, to just feel into something and show up to different paths and different learnings and wisdom. It was really amazing, and I completely agree. It's something that I, I really try to work with, with women on, is just allowing space, allowing space in your life. Our world misses that so much. Um, it's something really lacking for, for so many, most people in our modern world, um, is just to be able to be present, mm. just to be able to be still with what is going on within you um, and in front of you. Mm. We're so busy doing multitasking yeah. <laughs> and doing so many other things and occupying our, our minds with, with, other, with everything else mm. that we don't really have or take that time to be with what is and to just be present in the moment. Um, it was quite beautiful and it was something that obviously I, I was desiring because I was just, again, I was so excited to, to do that, to be there and to have that space um, to just be. Mm. 
to, and that's yeah, yeah to be mm. that's it isn't it it's quite a magical experience mm. yeah and ritual from there is something that I, I i bring into my life you know my dance is a ritual um and i do rituals here at home just to bring myself back to presence and to focus on you know what it is that i need to go within myself to do mm. so important i mean uh, i'm mm. like I'm like the gold star sometimes of being task orientated and, um, mm. you know, going into that space of like, if I just get these things done, I can cross that off the list. Then I'm giving myself permission to like get, do this or feel that or, you know, it's like this holding mm. pattern. I just need to cross a few things off and then I'll yeah. be like this person or, <laughs> oh, and I got, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> reeling back that observation of it. It's like, God, you can get really like stuck into a spiral of it and um, just even to sit for five minutes, like a cup of tea, you know, to make a cup of tea and just make a cup of tea is sometimes like I could think of 20 things I could do while making a cup of tea sometimes. <laughs> um, those little parts, and I, yeah. And I still have a huge list, you know, of yeah. things that I have to do. But yeah. I also make sure that I take time to come back home to myself because it's it's when I don't and that's what I was talking about earlier it's when I don't and I'm just focused on my list I feel the anxiety mm. like I'm, I'm quite sensitive to to the feeling now you mm. know because I I know what it feels like to to be in my body to be present and to have that space so I'm really sensitive now to the anxiety that I feel that my body feels when I'm so focused on my list Mm. that I don't take even just an hour to do my practice or one day a week to do a ritual or, you know, and, and something that I could recommend is just what, every hour, for, whether it's for one minute coming back and, and centering yourself and doing something that you find pleasure in, whether that's breathing or moving or taking five minutes to dance or just going and having a cup of tea, you know, something like that every hour because we, we work so much and we're so focused and um, that if we can just do one thing every hour that we can find pleasure in, then it changes our whole day. Yes, yes, yes. I'm hearing you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I guess this is where it comes into your work, which I'd love to talk about is the the embodied work or the embodiment um that you do now and I know you do workshops and you've got one coming up in Costa Rica um I love this I'm really trying to tune into this in my life at the moment especially that sacral energy that I've denied for so long and dance is one of the things like even just touching my body and you know as I'm speaking now like just like stroking it and loving it and um, moving with it and seeing what comes up without, um, you know, judging it or trying to um, make it, um, I've lost the word, but like a certainty around it, you know, the mystery of the body and how it moves. And so, yeah, tell me about how you came into this work and what this means for you and what it is. Yeah. Um, well, this is, it's huge for me <laughs> uh, because this is something that I had to heal in my own life. Um, 
And I, I can quickly tie that back to my birth story, which was I was premature and adopted. So I, I was taken directly from my mother and put into an incubator and, and wasn't touched. So um, embodiment, pleasure, uh, just allowing um, touch of those who were closest to me was really quite difficult. So it was that was a healing process that I had to go through myself. Mm. And um, it was quite it was quite deep. And I found so much uh, healing in it, um, of course. And just learning to come back and owning my body. Um, and all the years that so many women, and I, I am included in this, how we just allowed our body to be used or, you know, we didn't say no when we needed to or when we wanted to. Um, and that could be for anything and not having those boundaries because we've been taught not to trust our bodies. Yeah. We've been taught to be in our heads and yeah. not to trust our bodies. Um, that is quite huge. And just knowing that there's, this is, this is, a, this is an issue, you know, this is an issue for so many women um, and learning how to reconnect with our bodies and reconnect with intimacy in a deeper way. And not just because we, think we have to, or uh, intimacy can be so many different things, you know, with family, with a partner, with ourself, um, that the embodiment and coming back into ourselves and really owning our body is something that takes us deeper into intimacy as well. Um, so I, doesn't, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And okay. so you do embodiment yoga. Do you did you come I, into that first or the dance side of things or? Uh, I've been dancing my whole life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And art. Um, so painting, soul art. And um, I think little by little, it's just, it's just kind of developed into this. Like, and I know Jane in the UK, you know, uh, Michaela does the, um, the astrology. Yes. The Lilith. Yeah. And I had that done and this is exactly what my astrology said as well. And it's funny because before I started the UK, um, uh, work with Jane, the forest J, I had already started trying to create my business and it was all around sensuality. And I wasn't sure why, like it just... I, I felt like that was my work. And as much as I've tried to to go different directions, uh, because there's so many things that I love and I'm interested in, it all comes back to that. It all comes back to embodiment. And and what happens, um, the reason for that is, is when we experience pleasure and when we allow ourselves to be present and just experience pleasure, our life changes like, and it could be pleasure of just a taste, you know, but just using the senses and it, it unleashes and, 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 um, the oxytocin in our body. And it, that could just be from breathing, you know, that could be from anything, mm. um, brings us pleasure. And that's what I say. And just, just bringing in one, five minutes, every hour, just something that, that brings you pleasure releases that oxytocin in your body. And that's something that I needed. Um, 
from my birth story. You know, I needed that oxytocin because I didn't have that from my mother. Um, so it's something that's been in play for most of my life. You know, I always needed to experience things in my body. Um, I needed, I'm a Scorpio as well. So I needed to have that experience in my body. Um, so my whole life has been around, um, embodiment, trying to just embody all of this. Uh, and I think I was probably 18 when I understood, you know, really what sensuality was and, and using the senses and how touch and breath and, um, and smell and all of that could play into pleasure and what that meant for the body and how that felt. Mm. And so it's been an ongoing journey and just little by little opening up to what I do now. And then bringing Jane's work into it, the menstruation and, um, you know, I have a client this afternoon working on the sacred wound and all of that is just a reclamation of self and allowing ourselves to open up and embody our feminine power, embody who we are, the truth of who we are, um, more and more. So it's it all comes into play with embodiment. Mm. I, that probably comes back to safety again too and how important that is for um, yes. especially sacred sexual wounds or sac- any wounding Um coming back to that safety and I think that's why it comes back to how important this work is that you're offering uh, it's yeah. it's it sounds to me like you've had this internal compass your whole life um, that's just brought kept bringing you back to this bringing you back to it and uh, not out of like oh this is what I'm really tuned into it's more like your right and responsibility as um who you are to do this work in yeah. your lifetime. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter how I try to go off course, you know, and like it keeps pulling me back. Yeah. You know, not now, but before. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like come on to my like this, you know. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. Like it's a pretty cool thing to do too. Like it's so awesome. I am really admire it and I, I mean I would love to embody embodied work into my work sometime Mm -hmm. Uh, and knowing that I'm still in that um, you know coming through that and really still honestly at that stage where there's a lot of um, trauma triggers that are coming through and still some old wounding that I'm sifting through and um, I'm in absolute awe of all you guys because I work with people like yourself and I just love it I'm so connected to this work so Tell me about your... And I think, yeah. I think women are, you know, even if there is fear, yeah. you know, even if there are some of the old um, kind of paradigms that, that come into play when, when we see a woman who is comfortable with herself, who is sensual, who is embodied, um, a lot, of, you know, and, and a lot of women are um, because it brings up something within us, it, like... Do we want to remember, you know, that we have this power, that we have this, it's this feminine power within our bodies mm-hmm. that we can embody this, you know, then, and it makes you see, you know, yourself and we're scared of our power, mm. you know, and I, it's funny because I never thought that I was someone who was scared of 
my own power. Um, as many of us, you know, oh, it's, it's not, that's not me. And then uh, somebody brought that up to me. And they said, actually, you're not, and this was a couple years ago. They said, you're, you're quite an intense person, you know, like, um, in your embodiment, your movements, everything shows, you know, this, this person that you are, but then your words don't. And it's creating a discord. It's creating, you know, so it really made me see that, yes, I had been scared to show my intensity, to show you know, the power, the feminine power that I had. And it was like a slap in the face for me. Wow. Okay. Actually I am, I was scared of my power. I, I, and I had to own that. Mm. And, um, that was quite an eye opening moment for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And really interesting to, uh, acknowledge that vulnerability, you know, showing up to Mm. that and, it's part of who you are now is these moments where we have to like tumble around with um, the the being vulnerable part or the the shame or you know all those type yeah. of things that shut us down like I you know I know a lot of my shutdown points now the more I do the work it's I realize like you know my one of mine is um, not having a voice and here I am doing a podcast and it's been one yeah. of my hugest healing to find my voice and to show up to it was doing things like this. and mm. um, yeah. So beautiful. Mm. Very liberating too. It is. Mm. And that's, you know, like, and, and when I speak about power, it's just, it's just our, you know, what we, what we can create in the world and, um, the greatness that we have inside and, and we have so much ability and in our body, you know, like the voice and um, the body, the womb, it all holds our, our greatness, you know, when we, when we can unlock those, the voice and the womb power, the sacral power, um, there's so many things in our life that open up for us. Yeah. And I think sometimes maybe we get nervous at how are we going to handle that or, and it may be unconsciously, but it's like, I think that's where it comes into when it, when it doesn't have to do with our, our childhood wounds, you know, but um, I think that we can be a little bit nervous of what will be unleashed if we actually step into our truth yeah. and own and own ourselves yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, this, this work around our sacred womb space, our embodiment, and it's, it's really needing that feeling of safety to unleash uh, mm-hmm. our amazing abilities and power and connection and, um, yeah, all comes back to safety again, doesn't it, and that feeling of, it does. yeah. And we need support, support you know. We yeah. need someone in our life that we can that can support us and doing that you know like that's I think that's really important hmm. uh, whether it's a friend or um, your partner or you know whoever that is I think that just having someone when you're trying to break out of that where you can feel safe if you can't hold that space you know for yourself and many of us can't you know we need someone to be like 
yes, I love you. You yeah. know, yeah. that really helps us break out of that mm-hmm. uh, that patterning of of uh, that we put ourselves in. You know, those those walls is having some sort of support. Mm, you're exactly um, right. Yeah, and that could be a coach, that could be a friend, that could be a teacher, that could be you know whatever that is for you. Mm. Um, but having that sense of safety. Yeah, and from I've talked before um, on this podcast about what circle can hold and how mm-hmm. great it was to journey with the women in the school and from the sense of safety became the wisdom and the learning and um, reflection and um, unlocking that potential. And yeah, yeah, that's. The circle is amazing. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect, yeah. we need more circles and, and yeah. yeah. holds a great one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the, the, for the school, the shamanic woman craft school, it's, it's such a great, Jane holds amazing space. <laughs> she is just powerful and, um, a rock, you know? So I think that, you know, something like that for me, help me feel safe enough and held enough um, to be able to access those places. Mm. And she's an amazing guide, you know, to take us into those spaces um, and really holds the space for us to go there and to do the work and um, be strong in our, in ourself, you know, to be able to access that. Mm. Um, and so what you feel when you, when you leave is just, I can, you know, I can do this. <laughs> it's a great feeling, isn't it? That feeling of yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So what is your dates? Tell me, cause I'll link in the show notes, um, for your workshop. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, worldwide listening, um, thanks to the beauty of technology. So tell me about your retreat that's in Costa Rica and the dates, and I'll link also to the show notes as well. Yeah. um, So the retreat in Costa Rica is a seven, it's really nine days in total, but seven day um, embodied, embodied woman retreat in Costa Rica. And I'll be teaching the embody, embodiment yoga, the feminine embodiment yoga. Uh, it's all about being an embodied woman. And I'm bringing a lot of the shamanic work into it as well. So it's, it's really a mix of um, a lot of the beauty of, of healing and embodiment and um, finding pleasure and just body breath movement uh, being in nature so it's in the middle of the jungle middle of the rainforest mm. overlooking the ocean wow. and it's quite um a magical place for me the, the costa rican jungle is just magical and deeply feminine and for me it's such a beautiful space to hold this type of work and the dates are march 22nd through the 30th um of 2019 and uh yeah, we have some amazing women coming. We'll be dancing and we'll, we have a, I'll be leading the cacao ceremony on sacred indigenous land there at the top above the retreat space. And, um, wow. What's a cacao ceremony? Yeah. Is it 
around drinking cacao or yes yeah. so um I, I prepare it in a shamani i was trained by a mexican sh- a mexican shaman yeah um into working with the plant medicine and it opens up the heart and it releases oxytocin on the body and it allows us to just connect and you can use it for you know allowing yourself to access different places in your emotions that need to be expressed that needs to be released um you can use it for many different things so um it's drinking cacao uh who's that's been prepared ceremoniously and with prayers and intentions and um we'll be sitting around a fire and just doing i have a creative project that we're going to be doing that we're going to be unmasking ourselves um from the mask that we wear in society and coming back to our true self and so we'll be using that around the campfire and um yeah cacao is a beautiful plant medicine um it's very heart opening very heart expansion yeah i i love it and it's funny i don't really get to hold a lot of cacao ceremonies here where i live mm-hmm. um and i didn't know that i was going to be able to hold it at this retreat but the owner messaged me and i had just you know like asked this asked spirit i was like please you know like i i want to offer more cacao ceremonies i want to i want to you know offer this this plant medicine and show me how and she messaged me that day and she said um you know i've been thinking and would you want to do a cacao ceremony um here during the retreat and we have um permission to do it on the sacred indigenous land <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. cool i love it <laughs> uh, you have no yeah. idea i just asked for that <laughs> <laughs> you ask and receive oh, exactly yep. yeah mm. so i was so happy to do that Thank you so much. Uh, It's been absolute. I just got really beautifully intertwined in that uh, journey together, doing that podcast. So um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and all the vulnerable parts about your journey with the school, the Shamanic Woman Craft and uh, all of the gifts and healing and the wisdom and what you're doing and where you're at and all the things. Thank you so much for asking me to be on today. Like that was, it was so nice to, to get to speak to you and get to know you and yeah, very lovely. Yeah. Great start to my day. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Cause that's right. It's my bedtime soon. So it'd be great start to my <laughs> sleep and a good start for your day. <laughs> is there a website yeah. that people can link to, to check out more or is, uh, like somewhere to find out more about the event? Um, that you could voice yes um there is uh i have my website is tamargale.com yep how do you spell the yeah it's t-a-m-a-r-g-a-i-l yep.com and and the listings for the retreats are on there and um and i'll also be hosting a 21 day yoga quest starting january 2nd um so they'll find that on there as well. And yeah, there's um, there's also the Instagram, which is the same name. So if you type in that, you'll, you'll find me on a few different... For more information on today's Inner Review, 
with photos and how to connect, head over to schoolofshamanicwomancraft.com forward slash media forward slash podcast. Subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and all good podcast players. We are all in this together.